Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. It's now time for Market View, where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares opened weaker today, following overnight losses on global markets as investors hope for rate cuts dwindled. Now, in early trade, the Straits Times Index was down 0.3% to 3,133 points after some 35 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Now, numbers on the SGX are still firming up, but here's what I have on my screen. The Straits Times Index down 0.11% at 3,138 points. In terms of value turnover, we are looking at 1.02 billion Sing dollars. Now, gainers trailed losers 254 versus 261. Top five movers by value we've got here DBS, UOB, OCBC, Yangtzejiang Shipbuilding. Sing Dollars and Singtel. Heavily traded securities included Citrim, Yangtzejiang Shipbuilding, Sing Dollars and Gunting Singapore. Now in terms of companies to watch, we do have Thomson Medical. Now what is happening here, right? Uh, the healthcare services provider was granted three months until the 10th of April to restore its public float, which dropped below 10% in September. Now meanwhile, from more on economic growth projections for major economies within Asia to Charles Schwab's CEO flagging his most challenging time at the bank since the bursting of the internet bubble in year 2000. We've got more international headlines in focus and joining me on the line is David Chang, Director of Azure Capital. David, welcome. Hi, Fintian. Hi, everyone. And great to have you, David. And let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How did the SDI fest so far today? Any surprise when it comes to the biggest movers? Also, any notable movements when it comes to hotel properties today, given more information into that probe uh, surrounding uh, former Transport Minister S.S. Warrant and uh, hotel and property tycoon Ong Beng Singh? Right. Um, I will, well, starting with the market first, uh, I think it's a mixed bag for the uh, Asian market today with the STI closing just about flat in the wake of you know downtrend amid you know, weak economic data in China geopolitical concerns and, you know, the Red Sea woes. Uh, interestingly, even with two days of declines, uh, the losses in the uh, you know, S&P 500, you know, have barely dented the rally that started in late October. So there's something to uh, for our listeners to take note of. I think uh, at the moment, uh, the market is trying to calibre just how much the Fed, you know, will cut this year. You know, current yeah. pricing is just about 138 basis points. Mm. That's down from, you know, 161 basis points last week. And uh, the odds of them cutting at the March meeting is now at 54%, you know, down from 80% just last week. I think most importantly, you know, we have seen some investors, you know, they have already cooked their wages on, you know, uh, at, you know uh, rate cuts and trading on rate cut expectations, you know, will be one of the more crucial themes in the market this year. So, you know, back at home, uh, if I look at, you know, HPL share price, it's just flattish today, you know, contrary yeah. to, to some investor expectations that you will be perhaps, you know, hit by this uh, latest news announcements. Um, but uh, you bear in mind that, you know, HPL as a company, you know, did not break any rule and it's uh, co-founder Mr. Ong, you know, has not been formally charged yet mm. and could even, you know, play a role at, you know, as the prosecution's weakness and uh, in uh, Iswaran's uh, trial. Mm. But, uh, you know, 
all and noise still an offence, you know, under Singapore's corruption law, you know, for both the giver and receiver of a bribe. So he may still be charged after uh, the uh, Iswaran's trial is over. My expectation is that, you know, for the for this uh, HPR share price to still take a slight hit should uh, Mr. Ong be formally charged. So we shall see about that. Right, we shall see. But in the meantime, let's take a look at Thomson Medical Group. Granted three months until April, that is to restore public float, which dropped below 10% in September. Anything we should watch out for on this front? I guess the things to be mindful of, you know, would be, you know, what are the possible steps, you know, to restore this flip free float and you know one of the common ways would be to uh, do a placement which could be at the detriment of your shareholders you know as the shareholding could get diluted since this increases the total number of shares outstanding the extent of the dilution is of course um, proportional to the size of the placement offering and uh, I mean when you consider this uh, this is the second or third time that you know they have been uh, given this extension you, know, you will wonder you know why wouldn't they want to you know pursue these uh, you know steps to restore the uh, free float so, you know, what I can say is uh, complicating this move if, you know, is, if this move is to be considered is that, you know, looking at the share price of the group, it's not exactly at a sweet spot, you know, or a high price considering that the share price has in fact been down, you know, 30% for the past one year. So to do a mass placement, if any, you know, will actually cause, you know, uh, you know a huge, uh, perhaps a huge dilution. Mm. So be mindful of this. Uh, I would say the company may just issue the, you know, so-called minimum number of shares, you know, just enough to push the threshold back to perhaps 10% and a bit more to avoid, you know, uh, major dilution and, of course, to comply with uh, SGX. Right. And across the region, David, we've got a number of economic projections here. India's central bank governor, Shakti Kanta Das, he projected mm-hmm. that India's economic growth will likely touch 7% in the next fiscal year. Inflation will average around 4.5%. Now, at the same time today, we've received uh, info from the ASEAN Plus 3 Macroeconomic Research Office. It expects GDP of the region to grow 4.5% this year, underpinned by resilient domestic demand. On the whole, uh, David, with these numbers, what is the outlook for Asia? I think uh, when it comes to investing in India for a start, you know, one tends to compare its growth with its uh, closest neighbour, China. And mm. with a uh, 7% economic growth in consideration, it certainly surpassed uh, China's you know, 5% or so economic growth. Um, not only has China, uh, India's GDP growth surpassed China, but India has also overtaken China as the most populous nation on earth. Mm. Um, notably, I think when I when we look into the demographics, uh, the uh, Indian population they are relatively young, with a medium age of I think 28 years, you know, 10 years younger than the population of China at 38 years old. And I think if uh, if we look further to some projections by the UN, I think uh, I think we we could see that you know India's working age population will continue to grow until the year 2050. You know, whereas China's working age population uh, will actually uh, take a slight decline. So uh, this has a bearing on future productivity as a larger larger population of young people will enter the workforce in India. And mm. you know, at the same time in India, we can see structural reforms in areas such as real estate, banking, insolvency and bankruptcy tax, um, you know, direct transfer sector, deregulations, you know, they're all starting to bear fruits. And uh, of course, uh, along with that, we see further improvement in things like education, health, job creation and other favorable social economic policies, which has really you know, come together to help India reap its uh, demographic dividend 
leading to a higher saving mm. rate, uh, which will ultimately help finance a higher level of investments. You know, and moving on to ASEAN, uh, perhaps you know, let us broaden the scope to encompass you know three more ASEAN countries to make it yeah. ASEAN six instead of ASEAN three. I think for ASEAN six as a whole, um, I think according to our research, it grew four percent last year, mm. and you know for this year we do see a possible growth of perhaps four point five percent. Mm. Um, for that, uh, we actually noted that you know growth was quite uneven uh, in 2023. Last year, on several fronts, you know economic growth was really driven by U.S. economy and less of you know from Europe and from China. And uh, for that, uh, we think you know this year ASEAN will still see a stronger and more balanced growth. This year, in areas such as manufacturing and export recovery. Hmm. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with David Chow, Director at Azure Capital. And let's look further away at the US. Uh, David, YouTube laying off workers, continuing what we saw at Google. This time around, I believe 100 workers affected. A meta second in command announced that she is stepping down from the firm's board. Elsewhere in the banking sector, we've seen what happened with Citibank and Charles Strop CEO now flagging that it is his most challenging time at the bank since the bursting of the internet bubble. Mm-hmm. Which development stood out to you? We've got so many to go through. Pick That's and choose, right. Three of them. <laughs> Pick and choose. I would say all three events uh, stood out to me at varying degrees. But mm-hmm. if I were to rank them, I, you know, I would rank uh, Charles Strop as number one, the YouTube laying off number two, and of course Meta, the last and the, uh, I think the statement by Strap CEO is really a stark reminder of how higher interest rates uh, has impacted finance-related companies or industries. Um, you know, the effects of higher interest rates are still being felt. You know, not only now, but I guess for some time to come. You know, perhaps until the first rate cut at least. The higher interest rates, uh, you know, have definitely raised the cost of funding, uh, eroded the value of invest- investments, and as a result of a higher discount rates and cost, you know, depositors to you know search for higher yields. All three really compounded the woes of the company, and it's no doubt a challenging time um, for the company in questions. Uh, for secondly, for YouTube's laying off, you know, I would say it's the result of you know continuous restructuring that will yeah. be synonymous to how U.S. companies are being run. They are not afraid to hire, you know, when they foresee a need to, and are definitely ready to fire, you know, when the need arises. Unlike yeah. you know what most European or Asian firms do when it comes to hiring and firing, I think this mm. move should be seen as you know of a wider move under Alphabet, you know, to streamline uh, their operations. And lastly, for Meta, uh, well, I would say Cheryl uh, Sandberg, you know, uh, she has been with, with Meta or, you know, Facebook since, you know, 2008 and uh, it's really been a long time and this yeah. time factor alone, you know, could be a reason why she's stepping down. Right. And before we let you go, um, David, I'm very excited about this one because U.S. <laughs> Vice President Kamala Harris said yesterday that she was, and I'm quoting here, scared as heck unquote, that Donald mm-hmm. Trump would return to the White House in the November election and urge Democrats to fight back. How far is Donald Trump the biggest wild card for financial markets this year? Uh, well, this is certainly a known, unknown and you know, biggest wild card for this year. You know, will, it, will we see a Trump victory in the U.S. presidential elections in November this year? Uh, well, nobody knows for yeah. sure, but According to the uh, New York Times poll, you know, 59% of voters actually trusted Trump on the economy, you know, well ahead of just 37% for Biden. Mm. And uh, along with that, uh, 
what we could see here is that several polls uh, actually show Trump ahead of President Biden in key swing states. So it seems like you know uh, Trump has some momentum for now. Mm. Um, you know, for us in the financial market, you know, a Trump win will likely bring more protectionalist and right. industry policies, include, including a sweeping you know blanket ten percent ten percent import uh, tariffs, <laughs> you know, levy on top yeah. of you know existing levies. So with that in mind, you know, this level of, you know, uh, higher levy is like roughly three times the current levels. So, you know, this could certainly, you know, short circuit and, you know, reduce the in- incentives for, you know, MNC's company to shift their manufacturing supply chains, you know, to ASEAN from China. Mm-hmm. And um, on a deeper note, I guess to counter the threat of retaliation, you know, I uh, think Trump, you know, has actually said he will propose to, to retaliate with equivalent tariff rate for any country that yeah. actually places a tariff on U.S. goods. And you know, this by itself could spark a tariff and trade war. And uh, this will impact the more trade-dependent economies, uh, you know, in this part of the world, especially, uh, you know, Singapore, Vietnam, and Malaysia. And uh, we see that, you know, Trump, could you know perhaps you know reverse you know Biden's policy on renewables and you know electrical vehicles you know including the inflation reducing act and mm. of course you know do some backtracking on the green transition and you know without U.S. leadership on right. this note you know a, yes. a coordinated global climate mm. action plan may not be achievable right. so how other countries will react for now remains un- unclear mm. so these are the certain things uh, these are some of the things we we see that could unfold if yeah. Trump is back. Mm, to, uh, to become the president. It's another, you know, here we go all over again. Thanks very Definitely. much for the insights, uh, David. That was David Chow, Director at Azure Capital. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.